This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Regarding the events in Orlando, this podcast was actually recorded before the 2-0 win against Fulham. But we'll speak about that game uh, in a future podcast no doubt welcome to the my old man said podcast i'm david michael the editor of my and your host as we get knee deep into pre-season as the premier league summer series as they're calling it or the premier league marketing event over in the states as we call it joining me to discuss all wonderful happenings in the last week or so mr dan rogers is back welcome hello there my villa chums mr chris bird and mr phil shaw also in the house hello sir Hello. Have you woken up yet from staying up all night watching uh, the villa in Philly? Just about, just about. After a week looking after the nephews, getting the run around with a six-year-old and a three-year-old, the last thing I needed was a midnight kickoff on a Sunday. I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I was really confused. For about half an hour I was watching a game, I realised it was Brentford and Fulham. So... <laughs> <laughs> But then I was loaded on some my rendition flight to Guantanamo and I could watch Villa and <laughs> with the Saudi Kings. That's to give them their proper name. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not allowed to say their proper name. You've already warned me about that. Yeah, Pef Takers. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Coming up in the show, we will talk about what happened in Philadelphia, as well as catching up on all the uh, the latest happenings in the transfer market with that really small player that we've bought. Is it Mouser? Mouser Diaby? Mouse Diaby? Five foot seven of him. Mm. Yeah, when do we get the other half of the player? That's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> he's no Alan Wright, though. We know, we know his proper name, we're just joking. You know, Mouse Small, just in case. Also coming up in the Villa News, we'll look at uh, certain Villa players that have gone AWOL and what their actual official status is before getting into the three points. I think our friends Newcastle are mentioned in that as well, as well as uh, Wayne Rooney's scouting secrets. And uh, then we'll talk, uh, as I said, about the Philly game, but also the happenings in the transfer window and, and, and the state of the squad, really, because obviously there's ins and outs and uh, other players on our list. And we'll finish off with a bit of uh, media muppetry. Right, we'll start off with some uh, news, though. Uh, should we talk about the uh, the end of Twitter? Hallelujah. Hurrah! <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not the end of Twitter, as in mm. I, I want to see the wiping of everybody's accounts. That would be fantastic. Is it just like Villa? It's just a shit rebrand. Ooh, controversial. <laughs> mm. It's just a crap badge. They've rebadged it. They put the little bird the wrong way round. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a shame. He's uh, not just, it's not all signed from scratch, uh, really, because it gets rid of all those moaning minis. Right, so you don't want to talk about X? Uh, no. Right, time for some Villa news. Villa finally got uh, Bailey the Cousins Musa Diaby for what is it like 40 million plus so it's about 34.6 million plus add-ons yeah well, no one really knows no, no I think that's, knows. Villa aren't going to go throwing stupid money at it there's some ridiculous I think Sky News at one point or Sky Sports was saying like up to 60 million well, they were saying it was 50 million plus another 10 in add-ons, wasn't it? Yeah, that's the thing is telling is there was no, it wasn't announced as a club record deal by the, by the club, so. Yeah, which they would have said, wouldn't they? So I, I, I think it's lower than you think, because with that, I don't think there was anybody really bidding against this, because the whole Saudi thing, whether it's true or not, by the way, they could bid whatever they want. Ultimately, it's up to the player if he wanted to go then. If he said, no, I'm not going there, then that deal's off anyway. So they would have mainly offered him a bigger salary. That's how they normally uh, attract people. So he said no to that and ended up in Villa. It's as simple as that. More of him later. Meanwhile, 
Mr. Morgan Sanson is on his way to Nice this time. On is his second loan? Is it? It's the, like, the latest of permanently them. on loan since he joined. Yeah. Or, au revoir. Three managers have said au revoir. So I tried to. It keeps coming back like a fucking <laughs> homing pigeon. Yeah. Landed in Warsaw for some reason. <laughs> what are you doing here? Who invited you? <laughs> he paid for his flight to go to America and then sent him straight back. I mean, oh, that's sort of order, isn't it? <laughs> Meanwhile, mediocre Nakamba. I mean, sorry, uh, marvelous Nakamba is off to Luton permanently. They they love him there. I think they, they do. It's fair to say. Undisclosed fee. Any? Let's have three guesses. What do you think? How much? Five. How much did we get him for? By the way, eleven. We did paid. We, we paid money off, for him. No we way. I mean, oh, wow. Um, and he went on strike to come to us. Wow. wow. Sorry, who said five? Me. Right. So I say two. Yeah, I'd go two and a half. Is this is this the game? Are we playing a game now? What do I win? <laughs> Basically, <laughs> the, the general rule of thumb is whatever I went for, you go five million and a penny. And that is my guess. Thank you. I reckon probably about five would be fair. Would they? Is that mean on him? I don't know. How much should they pay for Lansbury? They're not going to go all the way down to two, are well, they? There's no the way. The reports were they were very grateful that Villa did business with them, which sort of means have them. Here you go. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, see you later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's not going to be two, though, because you know he has value to them. Yeah. A, he got them up. It's not as if he was poor for Villa and we're discarding him. He actually uh, he played all right for He Villa. tried hard as well. Like you, could never, mm-hmm. you could never question his yeah, commitment. Yeah, and it's, it's just that we had we, we got more bodies in, essentially, and there was no room for him to play regularly. That's why he went out. So it's not as if he was uh, on the scrap heap. So I think, I think it'd be four or five, surely. And that would make business sense with, you know, all your amortisation and all that sort of stuff. It would mean you, on the balance sheet you wouldn't make a huge loss on him, would you? No, this is, for me, is, there's there's a, maybe three intrigues of this season. You know, the, the defensive lineup in terms of the centre-back situation, probably who else is coming in. And then probably the third one is, will Emery get a tune out of Coutinho? Now, if he, if he was sold to uh, the Saudis tomorrow, you wouldn't be surprised at all. But no. uh, he has said... Uh, in the US Emery that he's very important and obviously you know we are looking to be competitive on several fronts there'll be plenty of games at least up to uh, January and uh, it looks like he will see game time uh, against Fulham because he wasn't 100% fit for the Newcastle game meanwhile Big Daddy Donker was still in Birmingham because he's had uh, a new baby come through congratulations to him also footage of Alex Moreno back running at Body More. One of those weird like, of- gravity treadmills, wasn't it? Hilarious inflatable <laughs> treadmill. They <laughs> should have played, uh, what's the song, Don't Wanna Be All On My Own? I think Celine Dion covered All it. by myself. Don't wanna be. All by myself. Yeah, they should have played that when he's on the treadmill because there wasn't a song the around. From, uh, was what was it from? Team America, I'm so lonely. <laughs> Oh, that's more complaints in the bag. <laughs> yeah, more complaints. Uh, xenophobia, apparently. Right, time timing given on uh, Jacob Ramsey, potentially back after the first international break. So that would be September, but in reality, it'll be after uh, Christmas, New Year. <laughs> we'll never see him again. <laughs> Knowing Villa. There was an away ticket meeting that I wasn't present at, but uh, the early plans, a couple of things that have come out the allocation of away tickets. I think it's the, how long you've had your season ticket will play a big part. Uh, you know, we're talking like how many years span up to about eight years will we'll factor in it, but I'm sure there'll be news of that uh, soon. And also there's going to be a more fierce clampdown on the reselling of away tickets for people who have who are selling how them are we on. supposed to get all of these away tickets it's impossible people caught selling on their uh, premier league tickets this is uh, rather than just getting uh, like game bans their booking history will be reset as mm. well that looks like that's going to be Back coming in meanwhile uh, the villa women well the ones that made the world cup in australia stroke new zealand be mainly on the bench actually starting off the bench only uh, daphne van domsilla the uh, the new keeper hasn't actually played for villa yet yeah, henceforth known as dvd dvd straight indeed to DVD. Yeah, this, uh, <laughs> straight to dvd she started in holland's 1-0 win against portugal meanwhile rachel daly came off the bench in England's scrappy win against Haiti. Yeah. And Dali came off the bench in France's nil-nil draw with Jamaica. Right, time for three points. 
I put this out on Twitter, this whole idea of the Saudi Arabia PIF owning Newcastle and four Saudi Pro League teams. So, you know, you only need a little bit of imagination to see how you can get around financial fair play there. Or also get one of them to bid against one of your rivals next season for a player just to uh, see if you can drain a few million out of their coffers Any as well. Luco was right. Oh, no, 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 that can't possibly be the case. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, right on cue, Premier League Chief Executive Richard Masters has come out almost like he's blind to everything. (laughs) Wouldn't be concerned at the moment about Saudi Arabia's growing influence in football. He said the Saudi Pro League have stated they want to be the top 10 league by 2030. It's taken us 30 years to get to the position this is the Premier League. In terms of the profile we have, competitiveness, revenue streams, etc. He said, I'm not, I wouldn't be too concerned at the moment. Uh, Saudi Arabia clubs have as much right to purchase players as other leagues do. In the end, uh, Premier League is a six billion a year operation. Well, that's very good. But Saudis could bid six billion for one yeah. player if they yeah, wanted yeah. to. I'm happy that week, <laughs> aren't they? Actually, have <laughs> Yeah, this this is kind of weird. this is kind of funny. This is like oh, it's taken us thirty years. Yeah, but if you have, have a look, what's happened in Qatar? Have a look, what's been happening? You're rich uh, enough. You can play catch pretty quickly. Well, the, the complete destruction of PGA Golf by Live Golf, which is the they can create whole cities in the, in the, in a couple of weeks. <laughs> it's like they're, they're not waiting around 30 years to develop look at no. who, how they're trying to buy players look at the money they're throwing around that that's their uh, public plan is top 10 league by 2030 but in reality they're thinking uh, i think the time scale's a lot smaller than that but also i think they've underestimated how history and tradition plays a big part but then again supporters are increasingly customers now in uh, nature as well as uh, attitude. So, uh, and you, you see how players are now more powerful or bigger brands than some clubs. So the Saudis have got mm. a chance because if you, you just got to take some of those individual players have got the big, you know, who are the big brands. I mean, if they get Mbappe on top of Ronaldo, then uh, that's quite a big statement. But anyway, the main concern though, as I said, is this uh, getting around financial fair play. But Masters, you know, he said that uh, the associated party transaction rules, which obviously the same owners, which are 18 months old now, should help avoid such a scenario with fair market value being decided by comparable evidence and independent assessments. They're missing the point of the principle of the matter, aren't they? Because if Newcastle need to refresh their squad, while other teams would be like, we would be like, for example, we need to get rid of Morgan Sanson before we can buy anybody. And he's on a big wage. So we're really struggling. And the best we can do is send him out on loan to France or Turkey. And that doesn't necessarily put us in a great position to buy who we want. While Newcastle, and yes, we are jealous, can just get one of their Saudis teams to uh, fork out his wages and a decent transfer fee that fits within the independent assessment and away they go and of course they can gaz- you know gazump other teams transfer dealings you know all of a sudden they bought was it Tenali from Milan one of the most in demand young players in Europe and funnily that no one came in for him from Saudi i wonder why yeah nice clean road for the tune to get that deal done yeah well if their sports washed anymore the stripes are going to fall off their shirts <laughs> turn into leads wouldn't they <laughs> point number 2 uh, Wayne Rooney apparently uses and i think Steven Gerrard did as well to be honest Brothels. Uses football, the, f- the football, <laughs> the football manager game for scouting. Hey. Gerard used the old version, like five-year-old version. <laughs> Rooney has admitted that he's been using football manager to find and sign players, but it's a bit more nuanced than just using the game. In an interview with the Times, he says a lot of the markets in South America, and we've done a deal with football manager where we give them some advertising, and in exchange, they give us access to the scouting network they already have there that allows them to set the game up. He even name drops Jose Mourinho as having done something similar in the past. Mm. But he's also been in the news this week, Rooney, because of um, Apple's recent deal to cover the MLS. Rooney claimed that some of his DC United staff couldn't get seats in their own ground because um, members of Apple were in with their laptops and things, just basically running the Apple presentation so his own staff members couldn't get sitting there. But in the end, he says he does think that Apple will be good for the league moving forward. And just to give you a context, he's obviously Washington, based in Washington, D.C. manager, where Villa were actually initially training, weren't yeah. they? Christian Benteke does play up front for them as well. Mm. So there's uh, another Villa link. Point number three. My favourite video of the week. Belter this one. Here. There's a video going around of a hearse pulling 
donuts uh, in the middle of a pre-season match, which uh, there's a story behind the story uh, as it unfolds. Four people have been arrested uh, after the footage went viral of the hearse doing its handbrakes on the pitch while a non-league game between Gateshead and Dunstan was taking place. The men were wearing balaclavas, but apparently there was a reason why they were doing it. Yes, they were handing out leaflets, and allegedly the leaflets are to complain about an alleged sex offender in the Dunstan sort of club. So it was a protest uh, hearse. Yes. So what was the hearse? Was that just to basically say what's going to happen to him? Well, you, you could read under that, or else somebody just had a second-hand hearse line about it and goes, that'll do. I wonder if the hearse is available because I, I I feel it could come in handy in in the in the medium term just to have on standby. Where Villa Park? Where else? <laughs> For what? The next great. Come on, David. If you've been a Villa fan long enough. <laughs> no, 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 no. Emery's going to lead us to glory. Yeah, but if he doesn't. <laughs> you'll call me <laughs> you'll call me we all know a guy now Dan this is it and there's a convenient gap between the Holt End and the Doug Ellis stand I'll th- straight through that gate right Dan Rogers is on the show to be contraire about the mighty Unai Emery. I jest I jest what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> um, what has he been up to? Is Man Monchi and him? Let's start with their uh, latest signing, Musa Diaby. It's another classic signing. Where? What percentage of this? 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 Uh, what? What used to be called Twitter? This? This? Our old friends on Twitter, Villa Twitter. What percentage of them knew who he was or, or have actually seen him for play? ninety minutes or of a, or a YouTube reel? No, ninety minutes or even anything. It's Not a lot. Low 20s. Less than that, I yeah. reckon, Yeah, it's, it's one of those classic, you see these clips where people go around uh, and, and ask, like, you know, football fans, they're mainly Arsenal fans, I think. They'll make a player up and go, what do you think, uh, you know, if so-and-so comes in, you know, Roger Tetris or whatever, comes into the club. Roger Tetris. I just made that up. He'd fill plenty of gaps, wouldn't <laughs> and and the, that person will just start. Yeah, I think you know he'll add a bit of pace up front. Yeah, it'd be really good. And they're like, well, "What are you talking about?" He's only got one leg. <laughs> but that, that, it, that's almost like a scientific experiment where people would rather pretend to know. They don't want to get caught out, and and they'll and even in their own head they'll know who that player is, even though they they don't know who he is. And then they'll just, obviously it takes five seconds nowadays to be an expert after a few Googles and suddenly you're rabid. You want them in. That said, bloody quick, doesn't he, from all the videos? I mean, it's happened before. It happened with Bailey. Bailey example is, it's not completely cautionary tale, but it is in terms of the overhyping. I think Bailey, you know, we've, we've discussed Bailey many times. He's not a write-off by it by any means. No. And he's he's got strengths and uh, weaknesses. And it's hard for any winger. I mean, any winger with what? Trezeguet, Traore, Al Ghazi, Bailey. Every time we buy one, it's an upgrade on the Ginola. last one. And if we could melt melt them all into one, but there's always there's always issues, and this and this happens, you know, with with a, with a lot of players. It's like the new bright shiny thing. So I'm just throwing all that as devil's advocate before we start talking about him. It's five foot seven, but that that works in two ways, doesn't it? Because low center of gravity, mm-hmm. it's really hard to play against small players, and one with pace and who's kind of nippy, yeah, one. nippy nimble players, a tricky yeah. one. But he does. I mean, we discussed on the last show. Just give you genuine proper pace switched on pace will he only be good like on the counter because he needs space i think if if against like for example when we're playing at villa park if teams allow allow villa to uh let's say press the issue and draw us onto them then he is he going to be as effective i think so because he's probably more tricky than bailey i don't think bailey's got a lot in his locker in terms of you know beating a man one-to-one Hopefully he's got a better right foot. I would say. Well, well, what does Bailey do? Because Bailey, that's that's. I always thought that was the main thing about Bailey. Bailey beats himself. Bailey beats himself. Yeah, I wouldn't say he's tricky though. He can do it for pace, but in terms mm. of like someone who can do a trick, I don't know. I mean, someone like Ramsey, who I think can, or like Greedish used to better like doing with tricks. But I do hope he's got a better right well, foot. I remember standing next to you at Old Trafford watching Bailey trick his way from the halfway line almost uh, all you the way. You say Bailey doesn't know when to stop doing the tricks. <laughs> yeah. 
that's that's the thing. I, I think it's when to do it yeah, more so fair. than uh, doesn't doesn't have. He's another in tool locker. in the bike, isn't he? That that's how mm-hmm. I'm looking at it, and we haven't seen him in the Premier League yet, and that's and the pace. Yeah. As we've said numerous times, we said it about Bailey, didn't we? The, the, the pace of, of the Bundesliga compared to the Premier League and the intensity. You know, luckily, I think he's got the fact that he's. You don't become a French international by being a bad player. You know, I think that mm. means he's clearly got the technical ability. He's obviously settled in a new country before the fact that he came from PSG. So I think there's a lot going for him. I think Emery said in his press, didn't he, that he's very versatile, which I think is good because I don't necessarily think Bailey is quite so versatile. He can play right, left, or even in the centre as a ten. You could probably even play him as a an alternative to Watkins if needed. Um, so he ticks a lot of boxes in that sense. Whoa, 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 whoa! Who is this Chris Bird? I, I, I thought I thought Chris Bird used to speak sense. What he's going to play up front on his own? No, it's an option. He can play up front with a Watkins, or if you need a replacement, you. You have an option. It's not the option, but it's... He's riding back there, everybody. He's riding back. not riding back. I'm staying right where I am. Thank you very much. I'm standing by my comments. I'm not playing Billy up front. I'm qu- quoting uh, Mr. Emery. No, but he was more talking about him as behind the front man, like a, as a 10. Mm. But yeah, no, the, I mean, the you know, devil's advocate is... Uh, if you look at his highlights, he's running into a lot of space all the time yeah. in, this, in the Bundesliga. He's league. very like Marino, sort of. He gets to the byline and then gets it back as yeah. well. I like that, though. Yeah. And he is meant to be able to play across all the front three positions, so you could potentially see him and Bailey on the same pitch at the same time, like they were for Leverkusen. Well, it's good to have versatility, isn't it, I think? Oh, yeah, I'm all for it. And, and uh, as Dan said, it, it's another tool, and you can't really uh, start talking about him until you've got a sample size of games, really. No. I think it's a, it's a statement signing, though, because he's clearly a player that you know has, has the hype, which a year ago we probably wouldn't have got. It's going to be interesting because... We've now got uh, options. I mean, people are talking about Count Dooku. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Dooku uh, in Belgium. And you're thinking, is that realistic or is that just uh, because he was in the narrative, that's the backup and he's obviously on the list. But if you get your main man, you don't really need your backup if if it was a list. Yeah, not if it's going to cost you a load of money that you don't necessarily need to spend. Yeah, and you're always going to get the, uh, well, let's get a couple more stories out of this by saying, oh, they are also still interested in Dooku, which I don't know, because look at the youth team. If they're going to realistically have a pathway, Philogene look good. He did look good, actually, first yeah. half against Newcastle. He had a really you good kind of need him to make up that quota, don't you? Yeah, especially in Europe. In terms of the uh, the club developed, the four club developed players, so would they really drop a load more money? Because they're not going to be starting all the time, are they? Not to mention, we want one of... God, how few players we've had come through the academy. If you could just get one or two through, not just for quota advantage, but just the overall advantage of not having to find them, buy them, ridiculous wages, agents' fees, just one. Yeah, because, you know, we, we would talk about Brett the Brentford example where, I mean, you know, also as well as the Youth Academy, but also scouting earlier. So you've got a situation where Villa were buying Brentford players. Mm, mm. And you're thinking, you know, when we're talking a few, Konza, Hogan, Watkins, who were managers as well. And this is the second winger we've got from Leverkusen within the space of a short time. So it's like, well, it's the same thing. Why aren't we scouting? Yeah. You buy one yeah, yeah. and then you should be scouting. You should get the next one before Leverkusen yeah, did. Yeah. Uh, Where are they getting their players from? Because obviously when you're building a team to challenge Europe now, you're going to have to buy these players. But if we want to keep a legacy going, then we should be already uh, looking to get the next one in. And we're talking about Paying five million rather than thirty. Yeah, well, it's almost like a, a bravery thing. I mean, Brighton—they're brave because they get the players and they play them young enough. But Villa could have easily got the Albi straight from PSG because he just went to Leverkusen, where it's probably a, a league where he does get a bit more time in the ball. There's a lot more space to run in behind, so he can hone his game. You, if you drop him straight into the Premier League, you have to be brave enough to play them. Yeah. Well, the Brighton model is that they accept the fact that they sell the player on, don't they? That's that's part of the deal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and also the, there is a little bit of that, like, well, let another team develop them, and then you pay you pay for them. But you're getting a ready-made player rather than you know the risk. Yeah, exactly. So I suppose it's getting a mix of or, of all the factors, isn't it? Academy yeah. getting a, a hot property where you get him at a good price, and you actually develop the final stages, and then obviously you're buying them oven ready. To quote uh, an ex. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. 
So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Prime Minister. In terms of the other, the last new signing before, uh, DRB, uh, Pau Torres, you got an insight the first insight of how they're going to play it. I mean, actually, he was asked about it in the, the press conference, and he did mention the possibility of playing with three centre-backs. But also he saw, he played Konza and Mings in the first half against Newcastle. And then that alternative, Carlos and Torres, which I thought if Mings and Konza didn't have a good season, they would have probably been starting straight away, wouldn't they? Yeah, quite possibly. I mean, you don't spend the money you did on the pair of them, because let's not forget, Carlos was relatively expensive. You, know, you you have them there to play them. I mean, Carlos, to be fair, against Newcastle looked like he hadn't played football in a year, but by the by, in a pre-season game. But, and it's um, true as well. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Because <laughs> um, he hasn't. Actually, I thought Torres actually looked very, very comfortable straight off the bat, which is a good sign. But no real clues. No. You no. won't really know, I wouldn't have thought, until you sort of get to the Lazio and the Valencia games. I still think there'll be a lot of rotation in the States and they'll be yeah. trying things out. But these are these are good games to play, aren't they? Yeah, one thing I would say about Torres is he, he's very calm. Nothing seems to to fluster him. He looks almost almost like the, detached from the action that's going on. Yeah. Whenever you know he, he wasn't keeping an eye on Callum Wilson coming in behind him for that Newcastle goal just at the start of the second half. So, but from that moment on, then obviously he did his eye, and you could see already that his his passing. He's not scared to visible up to like Archer I think it was in the second half he plays half through the lines well. doesn't he he plays he into play midfield it. he mm-hmm. plays up to the strikers he's not it's not his, his first instinct is forward yeah not backwards or let's go back to the keeper which I'm sure he, you know that's his easy default pass but his first insight is right how do we go forwards which is something we obviously spoke about a couple of weeks ago didn't we on a yeah, but, I mean it'd be interesting to see if uh, while we're still in the, the US whether Emery experiments with different combinations or if he sticks with Carlos and Torres and Mings and Conza it'd be and, interesting you know, to see obviously because um, obviously Mings and him are both left-footed if he thinks well actually I want to play Mings and Torres as a pair or yeah, well this is it will he uh, go for that combo at any stage I'd like to say it as well I think he, he has to because while Carlos is rusty and he hasn't been playing for a year a couple of the decisions he made weren't anything to do with rust they were just a bit rash on it I mean in the Premier League he would have definitely gave away at least one penalty against Newcastle and he'd have probably got sent off for the yes. tackle so I would think out of the two of them very brief looking at Torres I think um, you might see Mings move over to the right because I think Mings's right foot's slightly strong uh, just, you know it's almost up to his left standard I don't know in the is that my answer to that I really, I really don't know We've I think it's probably more very likely that Torres haven't we? And, if, and five, if you count Chambers as, a, as the sort of the, the, the yeah, last. He's, he's not making it above yeah, any of those. Yeah, we've got four really so. good options. <laughs> I still think he's a good utility Don't waste air time on this podcast. He's not going to dislodge any of those, put it that way. He's like, unless there's some kind of COVID bug that rips through the, the squad. And yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if he does mix and match. But sometimes it, it's it's a dual, it's a two-sided coin because you want to bed down your centre-back pairing. Yeah and give them games before the season starts. I agree. Versus, oh, let's try this combination. Oh, let's try this combination. Oh, what about this combination? So that's where having four really good centre-backs, it doesn't really matter if they're good individually, really. It's all about that, the combination of the two together. And how and they fit in with the players outside of them, of course. You know How they fit in with Cash, Dino, Moreno, etc. So that's the important thing. So... That's it's still very fascinating. Mm. It's, for me, it's the most fascinating. It will be interesting uh, if at some point thing. he does play a back three. Uh, while you're here, Dan Rogers, uh, Coutinho for you. What what's what do you think? I think he's probably got till Christmas. He needs to stay fit, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure what his role is. I must admit, I it, I was about to say in the last segment we were talking about the other players. It's we maybe need to go into a phase where we're not so sentimental. I'm not sure what I'm sentimental about Coutinho for. Perhaps what I saw him do at other clubs that he's done in very fleeting moments for Villa. Well, I think the the sentimentality comes from that, obviously, and the fact that Emery's managed to get improve pretty much every player. Mm. 
and this is the last test of uh, Emery the Resurrector, shall we say. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and we need numbers for the, this conference. And you're thinking like, <laughs> you know, if you're getting your wishful thinking hat on, it's like if you can get a tune out of Coutinho and, and he gets, let's say, scores six or seven goals, then you're thinking, you know, match day squad and you've got the option of Coutinho. And, you know, rightly what you just said, you don't see where he fits in starting, but... I think he has a role to play. I think he suffered my... I'm scarred a little bit in his Villa career because he was played to death when he was so out of form yeah. and Villa was so out of form. Yeah. and I. But I do know there's a, he is an excellent footballer. He has all the technical attributes, but I badly hampered by injuries. All of his injuries, he suffers from Grealish syndrome at Villa, doesn't he? That They're all long ones. They're all... You know, he's been gone for months again with this latest injury. Yeah, because he was coming back at the end of last season. Yeah. So, oh, this is good. You get him a few games... I want him to be part of this. I really do. And, and then he just disappeared I, I again. Just, I just don't. We, we feel it feels like if they could get or identify another younger Coutinho, would, would, would Emery move on that player? Of course he would. But I think for now, if we can get, as you said earlier, we can get a tune out of him, some European football out of him. You know, off the bench, I could see an impact there. I've always felt the elephant in the room is we've we've got a Buendia was our, our record signing. He's got to be the player who you've got to be thinking. Well, we don't need Coutinho. You know, we don't need him yeah. to come good. Which uh, we saw in the you know in the Newcastle mm. friendly that actually he took in big you know big in a big way he took the game by the scruff of the neck and we sort of saw the player that we want him to be. Because uh, you saw exactly what frustrated Villa fans under Gerrard was. You bought Buendia and then stubbornly he was playing Coutinho and you yeah, watched yeah, yeah. Buendia in that game against Newcastle in Philadelphia and the first goal. I mean the way he just kind of ran just through through them yeah. didn't he? The midfield bounce and you're looking at Buendia go oh he's a small guy but. You know, he bounced. He bounced there. Yeah, Tenali. Tenali uh, all over the shot, but it put him on his backside. And then, you know, when he got to the edge of the eighteen, he just ran into the play. He was going to force his way through, which you know, whichever way. And you're thinking that isn't even in Coutinho's locker. No, no, no. So, yeah, Buendia gives you an aggression, doesn't he? Especially without the yeah. ball, Coutinho's a different kind of number ten, if you want to call him that. But it's not necessarily Buendia or Coutinho. But there was definitely a, a big. X on uh, Gerard's forehead was we just bought this young record signing and, and you're not allowing him to bed down and develop you putting him on the bloody bench yeah and then like Dan said it was the detriment of both the players because he who knows what if, if Coutinho had an injury when Gerard played him for 85 minutes nearly every week just yeah. worn him out but I think you might see Coutinho in games where Villa need a goal need the attack and they have the luxury of maybe dropping a midfielder so if Kamara come, goes off or if Louise goes off just well maybe not the way Louise is playing them in or maybe McGinn drops off you can drop one of those midfielders and throw on Coutinho to give Buendia somebody to scheme with just somebody else to unlock with because he can you know Coutinho for example could unlock Diaby yeah and others, you know, he can pick a pass, he can make that happen, his set pieces, etc. Um, he's just another option. You know, we haven't even mentioned the fact that you got once he gets fit, you've got Ramsey, who towards the end of the season was, you know, your real dynamite attacking threat. Let's move over to the uh, the game against Newcastle in terms of people that kind of excelled. I mean, I, th- I thought Villa were excellent uh, in the opening exchanges, and they looked a level above Newcastle. And you've got to remember, from January the first, we have been a level above. Newcastle mm-hmm. this in this calendar year. I mean, we would have I think we five five to seven points more than Newcastle. I mean, yeah. we were top four. Newcastle were outside the top four in terms of form this calendar year, and it kind of showed it, especially in the early on, didn't we? Yeah, we left off yeah. in, that, in the Villa Park game. It was that kind of way of playing. We just walked through the midfield, found ourselves two up very quickly, and they're both really good goals as well. Yeah, now the Watkins one, great move, great finish, back to, right from back to front as well, which is a good sign for Emery. I'm sure we'd be happy with that, and then obviously the Buendia one another great move flies past the defender and slams it home unfortunately of course we the, the sort of the old Villa when Emery first arrived crept in a little bit with us kind of gifting some rather questionable goals should we say yeah but we look really good in possession for the most part I mean part. there's obviously a question of intensity would if this mm-hmm. was the league game would we have uh, con- you know put the foot to the thr- throttle and, and gone on for three or four because it looked like it also I mean it was quite interesting uh, at half time the actual pundits in this were talking about I, don't, I can't remember if it was Tim Howard who was on the actual match commentary or, or the or the uh, panel at half time but there is a specific way that Emery plays and it was talking about the profile of Villa now. Villa will now be seen. We used to be able to get over the hill and uh, we're in your face. But now 
you know Villa are coming. Yeah. So it's a case of so. you, you you plan for it now, and you know what they're about, and you know Emery's way. So is that going to uh, our team's going to be adjusting to this and trying to neutralise the way we play? Yeah. In terms of drawing them on and uh, you know playing through the lines. Yeah, Tim Hard said all Villa's attacks are like off the training ground. They're all crafted. They're all. Perfect yeah. passing, perfect movement, everything else until it gets to the to Watkins, hopefully, and he mm-hmm. puts it away. I mean, that's almost and like they pace, aren't they? Mm-hmm. It starts very slowly, very methodical, and then it goes through the gears as you get through the phases of the pitch. Certain teams are just going to say, "Right, we're not going to get let you get to that point of the pitch." Yeah, it's like you said. I remember in terms of disrupting us. I remember Leicester did it to us at Villa Park. Really that, well. that was in the infancy of of us. It trying was, to wasn't it? Play we this obviously way. lost to Arsenal in a, in a kind of a similar way, really, didn't we? Yeah, you said, David, whenever you were talking to them at Bodymore Heath, that they said, you know, bear with us because it all comes from the back. Whenever you were yeah. talking to the coach and stuff, so and you can you can really see that now. It's like it goes from one side to the other, just looking for the space, and then once it sort of gets to the Kamar Louise sort of Wendy again, that's the section, and then it's they have the options to go right. Which textbook attacker we're going to do this time? And let's pick this one. Pick this one. There's once you get through the press, isn't it? Once Villa yeah. get through your first phase of press, they're onto you, and then you've got ball carriers. Like you know, McGinn, Buendia, they really go at the heart of teams. It's interesting because it is there's a Russian real element to it in terms of that playing the high line as well. Once we are yes. uh, at you, will teams you know figure out because that high line that's going to give us the shits, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> You saw Newcastle's first goal. There, there wasn't even a question of offside. I mean, it, there, there was one player offside, and then they just have two runners. That's the easy way to beat the high line. The defence, the two centre backs are focused yeah. on the one runner, let him go, but the deeper runner is always onside. And you're going to practice against that high line now, 100% when you're playing Villa. And also, you're pretty much guaranteed if you've got a plan, you're going to get through once at least. It's just statistical, isn't it? If you keep doing yeah. it, you will. I mean, I, I put a message on social media about you do need VAR. VAR's almost like a 12th man. I'm not, I wasn't referring to the Newcastle, whether it was on or offside, but there's going to be so many marginal moments that you will need VAR yep. as your get-out-of-jail card in you know in a certain percentage of these times. Well, like those last sort of three huge games, you know, real high-pressure games. At Tot- Tottenham, we had loads. Liverpool, were loads. Brighton, they had massive ones. Yeah, and I think in this game, uh, we were caught off, offside once. Uh, Newcastle caught off six times. So it's, this is going to be a continuation. Mm-hmm. But it's how far can you take that until you're triggered? And also, I think Villa are quite comfortable playing out the back now. I mean, I'd like, again, I'd like to see us again when we play Manchester City and, you know, even Liverpool. Well, teams that really get on at you. Yeah, but yeah, but it's it's kind of uh, interesting from a technical and a, and a football uh, point of view because you know there's a method of how we play but it's how adaptable is that how flexible is that yeah i mean obviously emery's got results uh, from it playing it across the board and he and he has got tweaks he makes in game and that you know that's going to be interesting to see how that the back if he does go for a back three at any time and whether because you if you're going to play like wing backs you'd imagine you know moreno's perfect fit for that yeah brilliant but then on the right hand side would you necessarily have cash there and or could Diaby, you know, would that sacrifice be Diaby or would you rather have him playing there? But what does he give you defensively? Well, he doesn't give you anything defensively if you go by his last four seasons in the Bundesliga. Because yeah. when you're looking at the stats um, over the four seasons, he averages an attempt at a tackle every other game. <laughs> attempt at a tackle. So what, half an attempt this at a tackle every game. has been very negative about our new signing, by the way. <laughs> I can hear... I can hear uh, X's. Are they called now, or are they still tweets? They're X's. Yeah, X's. <laughs> X's being sent our way, but no. But it. But it is a tactical thing. If you're playing three at the back, you normally go for a wing back. So you'd want that wide man to have a bit of defensive now. So do you play cash over Diaby? But I'd rather have Diaby and have one of the let's say deep sitters uh, keeping an eye on that side. But also if you're playing three at the back, you know, you can push one of the, uh, say if it's Conzer on the right, you can push him across a bit more, can't you? Yeah. Or even Carl. Yeah, and, and also if, 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 you know, because we generally play with a lone striker, it wouldn't be a three, sort of a, a three, five, two or a five, three, two. You know, you'd play Watkins, you'd probably play Diaby sort of off him and just go, just roam. 
you'd have like a sort of slightly freer roll. Because there is a worry with that sort of cash Camara axis at the back, or not on the right-hand side there, because they don't look comfortable. It's almost like cash is a bit too energetic or too hyper. He's running past and then nobody in front of him and he has to go back to Camara. And that's where Newcastle's second goal came from. He gave Camara sort of a ball and the Newcastle players on him. And we know Camara sort of is quite casual. Yeah, he did, he did get stung again, didn't he? He got stung Kamara. again, yeah. So, I mean, cash could have passed it to somewhere else because a new play- castle player was waiting on it just as Leicester were waiting on it at that time. Uh, another thing that sprung, it was that initial gut reaction that you felt when uh, he subbed off Martinez and put Olsen in goal. Oh, God. We're going we're gonna to go there. I don't, I don't think they're going to, they're not going to get another keeper in, are they? They need a second keeper badly. They They can't play the Emery way. Your keeper in his system needs to, A, have the authority to play high up as well. Yeah. Also be able to pick a pass. And his first pass went straight to uh, Newcastle. We can't, you can't have a, a, a goalkeeper where you know the team is thinking what everyone else is thinking when they appear. You, he's an international goalkeeper. This is what I don't understand. Yeah. Um, I'm actually at a loss because he can just be accused of bagging out a player and it's easy. And uh, But it genuinely terrifies well, this me. Is one, this is one of the easier ones, isn't it? I think because the, the, there's enough of a sample size to suggest that is this going to work? You do worry because he is going to have to play games, isn't he? This season, I thought, you know, that you can sort of break the game into two halves, as as you guys have been discussing just really. But it'd be the only thing where I'd say that that really does need to change before the end of the season. Ideal world, we would have a real top talent, twenty-five-year-old goalkeeper next to the the throne of Martinez as our number two. He'll be playing in most of the conference league group stages at least league cup plenty of game time but you'd be confident in him and you'd want to watch him develop as well this is far from that scenario this is like patchwork isn't it yeah Mm -hmm. and Olsen's comfortable where he is I mean he's thinking to himself yeah I'm happy enough getting the odd game playing for Aston Villa playing with training with the best keeper in the world and there's obviously no challenge to him and the national team if he's still playing it's like he's won a competition you just hope that the club don't think well we've got you know the best goalkeeper in the world and then there's a number two we've got a Swedish international well that's I don't know what happened would... in Sweden I think a, a lot of goalkeepers when they were five years old got stolen from orphanages or something you know, <laughs> it's, it's like a big deficit if he's the only one in the Scandinavia in the generally I mean we've seen to we have the full collection don't we we've had Enkelman Sorensen who was the other clown from Island. the Norwegian yeah. sorry Norwegian no. <laughs> where was, where was Posma from it was Dutch <laughs> yeah, they're, they're. Okay, look, it's close it's North Europe <laughs> As a trend. So, yeah, no, I mean, everybody's uncomfortable with that situation. Uh, and uh, he just does the same things. He make the odd save, but, you know, he's a goalkeeper. He's a professional goalkeeper. Yeah, he shouldn't be making saves, but it's key moments where, well, sometimes it's just, it's not even a key moment, is it? Like that, when he was trying yeah, to pass it, it, it out. They're nothing moments that turn into powerless. Nightmares, yeah. And this is the thing, you know, this season, unlike last, you know, where last season, essentially, if Martinez was fit because you were mainly playing league games, he plays, doesn't he? This season, he is going to have to be sort of rotated slightly in certain games. He's going to have to play on merit and he's going to have to step up. Right. In terms of uh, positives on the, uh, as as I've said, I think on the previous podcast, one thing about pre-season is the chance to, for the uh, first team manager, to have a look at the the young talent and actually integrate them a little bit. And uh, I think it's more positive than you probably first expected because Amari Kellerman had a great little uh, cameo. Mm, Very interesting. Really lively, wasn't he? Yeah. It'd be interesting to see him back that up, that first impression. I don't know how realistic is it at this stage because he's 17 and he looks like a 17 year old but there's potential there uh, he, he didn't get lost in the occasion and definitely uh, two thumbs up at that stage for that contribution and uh, you know Philogene I think if he he needs just to kick on a bit more yep. and uh, you wouldn't actually mind him starting games well you you wonder with someone like him if obviously A because you need him you know in homegrown lads for your your for quota but if they can get him to A level they might go yeah we can trust you now and maybe let Traore go. So, you know, you're not going to be the main man. You're not going to be starting. Yeah, he's still you around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Completely forgotten um, about be, Because he's he's quick and in, he's lively and he's direct. And I like that. Well, yeah, that's the future. I, I can't see Traore. Is, where is Traore? Is he injured? Is he? I think so. I think so. You know, Kellerman, I, I thought, you know, he was unlucky when he not to score. You know, he obviously should have scored one. He obviously came off the post for the Buendia one. Um, Archer came on, didn't do a lot. Save. But I think, yeah, it was, a, it was a great save, the Kellerman one. And then obviously we've already seen... 
Um, you know, Archer at Warsaw, he had a little run out. Young Ramsey, I think he may go out on loan, depending on if he's needed for the... This is the thing, we don't quite know where we sit with the quota for UEFA. It's quite complicated, but we might be in a position where we actually have to Going keep... Going back to Archer, you... you, you mentioned him in passing you want to see him start yeah. with us with a good villa team around him in exactly. one of these just games just see where if and how he plays i felt a bit sorry for him that archer was almost like the oldest of the kids that was on it was like all oh, right i'm on to show myself now who's going to give me the goals because archer needs supply it's, it's on his own terms archer and he is in a position to save us money a big time but also this is this is the time you, you, now whenever isn't it really you're for a him. fucking team that's got Watkins and that's it really you've got some 19 year old who's still raw and this is the time and you you'd want to be Definitely. playing starting with the full team around you to see what you're capable of well I think he knows that if Watkins is fit he plays but you need to know you can trust Archer at some point to be more than just a bit part player you know at some point you may need to rely on him and you need to know that you can Tillemans he's just neat and tidy as you'd expect yeah just sat deep didn't really take any risks I did think when uh, the big kind of sub hoo-ha went and you know started in the second half that we may have missed our chance to win the game because uh, Newcastle's substitutes that were coming on looked uh you know, they looked like the proper, they were bringing on the likes of Wilson and Harvey Barnes, weren't they? And Jay Linton. They had seniors coming off the bench. We generally had a lot more sort of younger, yeah. younger players. Because, of course, a lot of our sort of senior other lads, are, they've got a few injuries and a, a lot, of, you know, a few aren't back yet. So, But, uh, so I was, you know, surprised that we held our own and it was, you know, testament to the young guys who did a good job. But anyway, we will uh, see what transpires uh, out in the States. Just quickly, before we go, Media Muppets. Right, Phil, what's in the, the trough this week? Well, we've already alluded to it, but it's the ITK copycat nonsense that's going on mostly on Twitter. Um, and it was really highlighted in the Musa Diaba. Sorry, X on the Musa Diaby transfer. There's there's an established formula which the market leader Fabrizio Romano has got down to a T. So he makes the announcement that the first sort of interest is there, and everybody's going, "Oh, tell us more, tell us more," and they're waiting for him to say, "Here we go," you know, medical book and everything else. But there's a copycat going on. Usually, it's an exotically named, but not always, an exotically named transfer expert appears, and it's almost you know word for word the same as what Romano does. But it's um, Filippi Shonarini. Well, that could start. I mean, it's, it's, that's the thing. It's such <laughs> it's such an easy formula, an easy copy thing to do. I mean, R- Romano has built it up by probably just being you know down the line, going it might be this, it might be this, and you know it is this. He's like an aggregator, so he gathers together all the sources and says. But now, but now, Romario's in a position where I mean, if you he's just look at his, hitter, yep. if you look at Twitter, he's got over seventeen million, which uh, changes <laughs> changes the situation. Where, however, you started this and whatever way you are operating now changes because you are you are key to communication. Now agents can will call you up. Yeah, they'll slip even slip you a few quid to play out you know whatever narrative they want. And so he's in a great you know super position. But as you say, there's all these like copycats who now sit, you know they they just want a bit of that notoriety and and they want the followers. Yeah, but the the best example in the Dialbi case was some guy called Rudy Galetti. So. In the Dalby case, whenever there was rumoured interest from Al Nassar, it, it came down to, right, this is a 50-50 thing. So someone like Galetti, who is not Romano, just goes to go, right, I just have to pick a side. I'll just pick the contrary side and I'll say, it's going, he's going there. So Dalby's definitely going to Al Nassar. So he just keeps bashing that sort of narrative out along the same th- thing as Romano does, the same sort of style, but picking the other side. And then whenever it all falls down and it all goes wrong, there's always an easy escape ramp for him. He just goes, Alan Nassar decided to withdraw the negotiation. Yeah, of course they did, really. If the, if the negotiation was ever there, he said the club considered the requests of the German team too high. Oh, no, that's not true because Saudis will pay whatever is needed to get the player. It comes down to the player itself. I think Rudy's Re- Romano, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, he's playing both sides. Well, if he's if he's Romano, then I would hope that this next guy isn't Romano either. Gaston Edel, an Argentinian journalist, so ever since the World Cup, he's been desperate to sell 
Um, I, Martinez to someone. He tried to sell him the Spurs and everything else. But his latest one, this is the best one. He's trying to get him sold to Inter Milan. He goes, Inter Milan have already offered 15 million euros and Aston Villa rejected. <laughs> now they plan, no, they plan to make a higher proposal. Yeah, I mean, 15 million euros. That's like a, a single Morgan Sanson or Bertrand Traore. I mean, that's, is that less than what we actually bought him for? It is. It is. I mean, it is. As if yeah. that's going to happen. So you're going to you're going to sell him for less after he's won Copa America, Golden Glove at that, World Cup, Golden Glove at that, and just established himself as. Yeah, if you're going to come out of bullshit, you might as well make it believable. And when Inter have just sold their keeper for forty five million, <laughs> they don't like Robin Olsen, do they? We should get Robin Olsen to have facial reconstruction surgery to look like Emmy Martinez and sell him to. Sell it to Milan. Last but not least, a big shout out and thanks, as per usual, to all the My All Men Said members for supporting the show. A big focus of the new season will be increasing the frequency of extra bonus shows. Put out an advance of this show, uh, advanced section of the show a few days ago at the start of the editing, but also uh, two extra shows, Munchy and the Power Block which is the off-the-record show, which was a couple of uh, inside and outside looks at Villa and the Emery Munchie kind of setup and potential long-term concerns for the club uh, regarding that. Very much long, long-term. And also uh, a mad few Q&A at the first section of that. They were released over the last couple of days for My Old Man Said members. So if you want to join us as a My Old Man Said member and get access not only to uh, bonus podcasts, but also ad-free versions of the show and access to our 24-7 community match club and all its various inner chambers from Investo Club to Game Club to Screen Club to Mom's Pub and then Match Club itself. Do uh, check out myallmansaid.com and click on the membership link for further details there. Big thanks this week to Paul Stringer, our old buddy Paul Stringer, who rejoins us as a, again as a member also to uh, carl beasley thank you very much carl also to daniel jorney who i thought you already were a member but you, you popped up a few days ago as a new member again and last but not least a big shout out to uh, chris barker for upgrading his pledge also, uh, there's another option of joining us as an annual member. If you join us as an annual member, you do get 10% off, which is just over a month free. As I said, myallmansaid.com. Click on the membership link. If you're on a mobile device, it's in the, the top-hand uh, left-hand corner, those three uh, stripes, and join up there, or at least get more details there. Thank you very much. Right, let's see what else uh, the American tour brings. And until... Next time, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. 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 Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.